0: Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that works its way into every corner of the property world to bring you all the top real estate stories. And today we're looking at two sectors that in recent times have emerged blinking into the sunlight of property stardom, logistics and the rural economy, and asking whether changes in one can provide an opportunity
1: for the other. The people moving out to the countryside still have urban expectations for their deliveries, so somehow we need to be able to provide the opportunity to get those next-day deliveries to them in those more remote locations.
0: But even if the demand is there, how easy is it going to be to supply it?
2: There is in excess of 25 million square feet of grain storage, which is now over 40 years old, and therefore it's the kind of space that you might be considering for this kind of use.
0: I'm Guy Ruddle and with me today are three titans of Savile's research department, all of them providing insights and advice both internally and externally for their clients. Kevin Moffitt is no stranger to real estate insights. He's the head of logistics and industrial research. Hello, Kevin. How are you?
3: Very well, thank you. Nice to be here.
0: And Lawrence Bowles is also a regular on Real Estate Insights. He's a director in the Savills Residential Research
1: Team. He's in the studio with me. Lawrence, how are you? Fantastic, thank you. I'm very glad to be here.
0: And today's new boy is Andrew Teenby, who's an associate director in the Rural Research Team. Andrew, welcome to Real Estate Insights. Thank you, guys. It's great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you. So let's sort of start with. I want to sort of slightly set up a premise here, which I think is a sort of Savile's premise uh, about this, which is something to do with this sort of shifts in in the rural economy and logistics as a result. Lawrence, first of all, the the point about this is 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 a change in how in in, in the the demand in rural living. Right? Is am I roughly right about that?
1: That's right. So we've seen partly as a result of the experience of lockdown, but partly also just changing consumer preferences. People want more space in their homes. People want more access to outdoor space. And that has been a lot easier to find out in the countryside than it has been in cities. That's driven a real resurgence in demand for homes out in the countryside. Of course the people moving out to the countryside still have urban expectations for their deliveries. So somehow we need to be able to provide the opportunity to get those next day deliveries to them in those more remote locations. And you say a lot of it's COVID related, but but
0: I I seem to remember before COVID, I mean, there was was already then, you know, this sort of thing about we need to build 10,000 homes in this county or this borough in, 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 in Cheshire and 5000
1: homes here and, and what have you anyway wasn't that. That's right. And particularly with the planning white paper that came out earlier this year, um, the the way of calculating housing need has changed and that's put much greater onus on some of those more rural local authorities to deliver, to deliver more homes. So we are going to see more housing delivery in those those more remote locations.
0: So, so that's the sort of the demand side of things already there, so Ke- or, or sort of the demand side of things already there. Kevin, from a logistics point of view, is, is, is there a way of sort of quantifying that in the same way that the number of homes needed is quantified?
3: Yeah, I mean the the research into logistics property is, is maturing with with every you know year that passes. Um, you know, as we've discussed before on real estate insights, you know this sector was once the ugly duckling, and you know is now the apple of many many people's eyes. Um, and the the British Property Federation did a did a fantastic report, um, probably about eighteen months ago now, called What Warehousing Where, and and they really you know set the the benchmark really because they they identified that for every additional new home um that home needs 69 square feet of warehouse space to, to, uh, to support it. Um, you know, that's, that's for, you know, all of the deliveries we get, but also just to, to supply the, the local shops or, or whatever it might be. So if you, if you think about, you know, the, the forecasts for, for rural household delivery, um, that roughly equates to 24.6 million square feet of warehouse space that's needed in rural areas to meet the demand of people moving in.
0: Wow. Uh, that, that's, that's a fantastic stat, isn't it? So what was it? 64 square feet. 69. 69 square feet of, of warehouse capacity for every new home
3: correct and the the problem we're facing um is that there isn't the warehouse capacity in these areas um you know hence why we're here now
0: yeah so let's talk to andrew then about the sort of the rural side of this which might be the solution at a top level andrew what's happening in in the rural economy with farming and uh, and the like anyway uh, then it's not massively buoyant in in in, in its course so it's core work is it
2: no, I mean there's been a long-term encouragement really towards farmers to diversify their their income streams really, so they're not solely reliant on food production, and that's you know that's, that's that's manifested in diversification into tourism, and farm shops and renewable energy, so many different directions really. So um, that's that's been the long-term encouragement. Also, we're leaving the EU, so farm support will be changing, which they're essentially, going to mean a reduction in that money farmers re- receive for support. So again, there's an incentive there for them to be looking for alternative ways to generate income for their businesses.
0: And as a general rule, are, are are the operators in the rural economy, farmers and and others like them, are they are they amenable to to flexibility and adaptability and and thinking in new ways?
2: Yeah, I think very much so, really. Um, there's, as I said, there's a history of, of that happening. We've got, historically, I suppose it's, it could be considered an industry of quite a high age profile, but we've got lots of younger generation people coming back onto farms, possibly driven by um, the impact of coronavirus. So they're sort of returning from cities to sort of join their family businesses. So I think both of those elements perhaps um, just encourage more, really, the sort of innovation and looking at ideas and a willingness to to look at how things are done and think about how things
0: could be done differently. On the face of it then, you know, we, we've set that up quite nicely, haven't we? You know, there's more demand for, for logistics through through more housing, et cetera, and there's a potential supply of that logistics, but I bet it's not as simple as that. So, Kevin... W- what sort of stuff do we need? Because there's no, there's no point in, you know, having someone build a massive great big warehouse on a you know, a roundabout somewhere in East Anglia if actually what you need is 10 smaller ones and closer to people's homes, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, the first thing to say, really, is if you're a, a logistics company, if you're a parcel operator or, a, you know, a, a Eddie Stobart or, you know, DHL or whatever, your your first option really is always going to be to take a warehouse that has been designed for the for the purpose it's been designed for. Now, the the problem that we've we've highlighted is that, you know, actually there's, there's a, a reasonably limited supply of warehouse space in in, um, in in some of these locations. So, you know, the first thing to think about is, you know, to, you know, this is a, a, a clarion call really to, to rural local authorities, which is to think about, you know, land allocations for future warehouse development. But we've seen in, in London, um, you know, I've, I've been on before talking about urban logistics and when when supply is low and when demand is high, that's when occupiers of warehouse space start to think outside of the box. They start to do things differently. They change their requirements because they say, well, actually, you know, if the real estate that we want isn't there, what what real estate is there, and can we make it work? So in London, for example, we've had DPD um, occupy a, an underground car park, um, and we've also had Amazon occupy a former Toys R Us um, building. And th- these are examples where 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 supply has been very low and demand has been very high. So we think that you know that that logic will will apply in in rural areas in the future. And as I say the you know option 1 is to to find the land to build something but if that doesn't work you know the, the market moves faster than the planning system really. And so if that if that doesn't work then what can we do to to repurpose um you know structures that already exist in in and, the rural setting.
0: And Andrew are those structures really I mean are, are we just basically talking your your traditional farm barn
2: yeah essentially we've we've sort of looked at grain stores in particular because um there's there's been a long-term trend of farms getting larger the average farm's got 17 percent bigger since 2005 but also farmers are collaborating with their neighbors more so that means that the true business that's operating on that land is larger still you've got larger tractors and larger combine harvesters and there hasn't been reinvestment in buildings to the same extent, so a large proportion of them are quite are quite old, and that means that there's a there's a challenge there between really modern efficient machinery and just sheds which just physically aren't big enough, they're not high enough. So so the structures there really that farmers would probably be quite keen to see repurposed. And that, in turn, lets them look at what they could invest in instead. So they could build a new, modern, bigger building on their farm, or they could perhaps join force with other farmers in a off-site, property kind of storage arrangement. So it essentially solves an issue for them, and potentially could see see the buildings released being used for another productive purpose.
0: And Lawrence, in the, you know, this sort of presupposes that it. it the the demand really is there, and that you know, as you said earlier, that you know the the type of people moving to the country and and, and actually people already in the country becoming more demanding in terms of you know next day delivery or sometimes even same day delivery. I, there's a danger, isn't it, that actually the, the 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 companies that are doing the delivery or the you know the the the, the sellers and, the, and whatever just say oh, I'm not going to bother. You know, if you don't live, you know. Just you have it in three days. It's just not worth my hassle. The the hassle to, to 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 service that
1: demand. I think that might be the case if there were only one logistics supplier out there. As it is, you've got a whole host of delivery companies and, and logistics companies all competing for business, and ultimately those websites, those retailers who are able to offer. More attractive delivery terms, whether that's free shipping or whether that's next day delivery or same day delivery, they will win out above those retailers who cannot offer that level of flexibility. So there will always be this level of pressure to to keep the, maintain this high level of service, even if the returns are a little more marginal than you might see in a more dense, densely populated urban area.
0: And sort of plain Devils ever got a, a bit more. You know, the, the the I can see how you know the sort of the COVID-related demand to move to the country is moving. You know, is, people are moving to very rural locations. But a lot of the house building that we're talking about isn't that happening? You know, isn't that actually specifically being planned to be built near in, in, existing infrastructure?
1: It is, but we're also seeing you know, incredible levels of demand for more rural properties. I mean, we're seeing um, you know, looking at our buyer surveys, um, we've seen. 53% of our buyers reporting that they are more uh, looking, uh, sorry, they're more attracted now to properties in a rural countryside location. We've seen 48% of buyers saying they are more attracted to village locations than they were before COVID. So, you know, regardless of where those, those new homes are being built, the demand for these, these more rural homes are here. And the people who are moving from cities to these more rural locations, have higher expectations. They're more tech savvy than the people who have been living there historically. 37% of those households moving from urban to rural areas are are early adopters. They buy new tech as soon as it's released or or within a few months of it being launched. Um, That's much higher than the proportion of those households who are early adopters who are currently resident in those rural areas. So we will see more demand on that uh that that sort of faster delivery on that sort of more tech savvy population moving out to the countryside as as we see those households move out over time
0: and how practical is it to to do this you know to take a you know a a corner of a field and put a new building on it or 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 an existing barn and convert it into something i mean aren't aren't the planning issues and things that 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 are going to get in the way
3: this won't work everywhere, you know what we're what we're proposing. So I think it's very important to to make that that point. You know, it's not a um, it's not a, a silver bullet type situation. You know, it's, it's going to be in in areas where. Uh, where, where more people are moving to um, and and also key is is the road network um, you know logistics is is all about the, the fast-paced movement of, of goods um, and so you know not all of the rural land um is, is going to be well connected to the road network so that's you know that's that's important uh, as well. Um, in terms of the, the planning side you know there are ways you know permitted development conversions um, you know certain size thresholds where you don't need a commercial EPC various other ways that make
2: this very attractive. There are actually some specific agricultural permitted development rights so a farmer can convert up to 5,382 square foot of building into a flexible commercial use under what's known as class R rights. And that can range from everything from offices to hotels. And crucially for what we're talking about today, that includes storage and distribution, which is known as class B8. So so there is a process there that, that lets, them, lets them take that forward officially. On that process, there are some safeguards. So for the larger buildings under that threshold... They have to get consent from the local pl- local planning authority for some prior prior approval grounds, and these include things such as highways access and also noise impacts.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's it's not totally straightforward, but it's by no means impossible. How, <clears throat> Kevin, you said it's not not going to be for everyone. How big uh, an opportunity do we does anybody think this 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 really is?
3: This you know is a series of what ifs you know online retail at the the height of lockdown went to uh went to 33 percent of all retail um you know, there's there's reason to believe it's going to settle again in the high 20s um, of, of all retail, and then it will probably continue its its the, its upward trajectory uh, that we saw uh, pre pre COVID. So online retail, you know, will continue to grow. Um, online grocery will, will will probably continue to grow uh, as well. And you know, as um, as we've said in the in the report that that accompanies this, you know, I think it's it's almost 300 well over 300 thousand new homes um you know so it's 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 very very plausible um and the issue is you know the the warehouse space you know is is there um but it's not enough so it's going to be taken and and that's when the pinch point comes now the pinch point you know may not come for another 18 months another two years you know whatever it might be but the point of doing this now is to get people thinking about these these bigger issues so that they're you know they're ready for when that pinch point comes um because if if the trajectory that we're on in terms of you know people moving if the trajectory that we're on in terms of online retail continues then you know we're going to have to think about this very seriously
0: we need to do a Savile standout statistic, of course, because uh, we can't do an episode of Real Estate Insights without a Savile standout stat. Uh, and I've got three researchers. I've got, uh, this should be a st- stat-tastic experience <laughs> this rate. I'm going to stop talking now. Who wants to go first? Lawrence, why don't you go first? What's your Savile standout stat?
1: Shall I jump in? Yes. So, um... The research that we've done shows that um, the people who are moving to these countryside locations are indeed more youthful than those people who are living there currently and that's going to drive demand for those those, those deliveries. The average age of somebody moving from an urban area into the countryside is just 40. It's 12 years younger than the average for for those existing residents in those rural areas. Mm -hmm. Andrew what about you?
2: So we estimate that there is in excess of 25 million square feet of grain storage which is now over 40 years old and therefore is the kind of space that you might be considering for this kind of use
0: 25 million square feet that's pretty close to the demand i think that that kevin was talking about earlier kevin what's your standout stat
3: so my my standout stat is is 91, um, and and that relates to 91 local authorities um, that have seen parcel volumes increase by over a hundred percent when you're looking at June 2019 versus June 2020. Um, that's data from a, a company we've worked with called Parcel Hero. So it just shows you know. Uh, the the rise that that occurred you know as a as a result of what's happened to us earlier in the year
0: yeah that really puts it in perspective uh thank you all very much for that thanks for your time thanks for your wisdom that's it for this episode of real estate Insights. kevin mentioned uh, the report earlier the report is called the spotlight on rural logistics uh which has been put together by these three fine gentlemen you can find it on the research section of the Savels website savils.co .uk/research so feel free to head over there and dig into the detail in the meantime thank you very much for listening see you next time